leading humans towards the future of work that works for people. A smorgasbord of snackable stories to help you be a more effective leader. Good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are, whatever you're doing. Thank you so much for dedicating the next half hour of your one precious life to listen to this episode. So today's guest is Laura Jordan Bambach, who is the president and the chief creative officer at Gray, uh, which is one of the WPP agencies, if you care about such things. More importantly, I know and have loved Laura for a really, really long time. She's got an incredibly colourful, textured background, and we've got a lot in common. Um, and she's worked at all sorts of agencies and has set up her own groundbreaking companies. Um, and I know that her leadership stories are going to be provocative. They're going to be unexpected. They're going to be inspiring because it's who she is. So uh, if you are a creative leader or a business leader, or if you're an entrepreneur, you will not be disappointed. I suppose I should say at this point that um, I apologize if I'm sounding a little bit unusually hoarse. It's not COVID, don't worry, we're good. But I woke up on Saturday morning with a bit of a brainstorm and started attacking, renovating my attic. Um, and I don't know about you, but I love getting my hands dirty. I love doing DIY. It's kind of strangely therapeutic, doing something with my hands and giving my kind of business leader, my entrepreneur brain, a bit of a rest. It's some kind of beautiful. But I can tell you one thing. And this has got nothing to do with this podcast, but wear a mask when you're standing because I forgot. And I think that my respiratory system is not very happy with me, which is probably more information than you needed. But, you know, dear listener, come into my life. So before I introduce you to the lovely Laura, I wanted to say just a massive thank you to all of your feedback you know by now how important it is for me that you actually send me what you think is working, what could be better, because everything can be better always. Your feedback helps me to give you the very best listening experience possible. So please head over to catskeely.com, sign up to the Humans Leading Humans newsletter, and I'll keep you up to date with the, the craziness and the trials and the tribulations and the triumphs and all of that stuff from the world of Beep, my business, and Catsy, mummy. So head over to www.wearebeep.com to find out more about our mindset and behavior change culture transformation programs or do you know what i love you guys so if you want to get in touch with me get in touch with me directly email me at cats at wearebeep.com because i love to get your mails enough of all that delighted to introduce you to laura jordan bambach
So I can't even tell you how much I'm looking forward to hear your three stories. Dear listeners, sometimes I get quite prepared with the people who I talk to and I like to know what stories they're going to tell. Now, me and Laura have known each other for a really long time. So I trust her to tell amazing stories. So I'm as excited as you are. So um, do you want to tell the listeners how we met however many years ago? Absolutely. So look, I think the first thing to say about the two of us is we are alongside kind of a small group of people that we know, the real, you know, digital pioneers, I would say. We were there from the get-go, from the birth of the web, and have been involved in that kind of things, um, you know, for, for, for a long time. And actually how we met is through a wonderful person called Mike Nutley. And I think Mike Nutley basically thought... Bit nutty, tattoos. They're bound to get on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he was right. And I, you know, and I was thinking about this actually earlier while I was um, doing whatever I was doing, trying to sort out my room. I remember us having a conversation about the fact that we'd both studied sciences and then yes. moved on because we got depressed by the way that sciences were taught. Yes. But yeah, there was an immediate bond. Anyhow, Absolutely. so I sent, I sent you the create framework yes how did that make you feel you know what I was so excited to see this I a little bit of a magpie and I just I think every single word in there is just fantastic you know um and and they're all of them I apply at at first when I was thinking about how to approach the episode I was going you know I might pull out a couple of these words and really focus on them but I think they all apply in some way they're just the right way to be leaders of humans, as you said. And, you know, I love how you talk. And I think, you know, I would have talked about a little bit today as well uh, about humans being hardwired to hold on to status quo, um, you know, and being programmed to resist. And actually, I want to talk about the joy of change and how (laughs) exciting that can be. (laughs) Absolutely, absolutely. And, and, And what's weirder still is, even though it's just common sense, you look at the create framework and you go, well, of course, these are the conditions where humans thrive. Yes. Look at most operating models and they're completely the opposite. hundred percent, hundred percent. Story number one. Okay. So story number one is really a story of how I got into this whole shebang in the first place and kind of what I learned um, along the way. So imagine me as a 17-year-old, I'm driving in my car, driving through Sydney, Um, I live on the outskirts of Sydney on a farm. I'm coming into the big smoke for the day. Um, And I look up and there is this huge billboard. And on this billboard is an artwork by an amazing cyber feminist art group from the 90s called VNS Matrix. So this must have been, I want to say, 1990, before pre-internet. You know, um, they were doing a lot of work in, you know, CD-ROMs and what have you. But most importantly, they were part of this movement that I hadn't really heard about, um, you know, that told this story of positivity around women and technology that got me super excited. And also, you know, the, the graphics, which you, you look at now and you go, wow, that has really tasted, but in a really cool way. You know, the graphics are amazing. The language was obscene, which is why I'm not going to read you, you out there manifesto. <laughs> um, the listeners. Absolutely. And it was so incredibly powerful. And I think what I learned from that, it just, it really affected me. 
on a number of ways. First of all, it made me go, technology is a place for me. And the power of technology to tell stories and the power to make sure the stories that we're telling and the people we're involving when we're having conversations about technology are broader than the kinds of conversations that you usually have. And you're still getting these conversations when we're talking about ethics in in machine learning and what have you. It's really important to have really diverse people at the heart of those conversations. So that was one thing. Second one was the power of creativity to really set a vision of the future for other people to follow. You know, I saw this and it captured me and it really directed me on a path through, uh, you know, I was still at high school when I was when I was driving my car, but it, you know, sent me to art school, you know, kind of helped me take, I guess, digital art as a as a major, helped me kind of get it. It just inspired me to do so much from this one simple piece of work. So I think myself as someone who is both a creative leader and a business leader, I think that's really important because a lot of what I do in terms of leading the business as president is thinking about the things that I've learned from leading a business or leading work as a creative leader, which I think is a really interesting angle. Um, And just, you know, the the ability of what we do to actually change something as well really inspired me. And and I I was having a conversation with somebody this morning who uh, will be a future podcast guest. And we were talking about the fact that so many people as leaders spend way too much time trying to prove that they're an expert yeah as opposed to doing what I know you do well and something that I love and do well which is tell stories yeah. so give people a vision make them believe something make them want it to happen more than anything so yeah ab- absolutely and you look at you know the, the ability of whatever business we're in of us to be able to you know change things for the better whether that's a like a corporate purpose or whether that's in my case actually making work that you know communicates change you look at some of the words in your framework you know the the courage and the community and communication all of those beautiful c words which help you to get there I think you know there's a lot in this framework to give you the courage to change things you know when you see it and you don't think it's right to to make that impact which is what vns matrix were doing you know it's what I it's the reason I founded she says because I looked at the industry and it was all men and I went, well, rather than just talking about the fact there are no men, what if we did something to change it and just went and experimented with it? And the same with the, the latest platform um, I've, I've launched called OCO, which is this mentoring platform that connects businesses and young people. It's really the same principle, like something is broken, use your creativity, put your energy in, you know, make, make it happen with, with, again, with all of your beautiful words, like empathy and, and great things happen. And so many people don't realize that to be the case. And even when you're working inside a company or outside a company, when you're doing a campaign, that feeling of, I've seen a problem, I'm going to solve it. gets people because they're kind of, yeah, of course. And so many people forget. And I think it's been interesting being on the journey since the beginning of digital, watching people getting it profoundly wrong and missing mm. points so often. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, certainly with my creative hat on, there's been a lot of just when it felt like the digital revolution was coming and, and actually money was going into the digital side of businesses. And there was all of this 
conversation about digital transformation, really what happened is we reduced what we were producing to very lowest common denominator, short-term thinking, you know, all of all of the things that we shouldn't be doing as business leaders to grow our business. So um, I do kind Spot of... on. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> not agree with you, Morse. And I think the one thing about COVID is it's made everyone go, oh, what have we done? Oh, COVID and the lack of cookies. Yes. Things. It's yeah. made people go, oh, we need to actually start thinking creatively. Thank God for that. Yeah. Bring that you know, there's so much. I don't want to get into a, a like a... A, a creative conversation here but there's so much exciting stuff you can do for example with contextual advertising that we used to do a lot of um and i don't want us when cookies are gone, well now that cookies are gone to kind of fall into contextual advertising and make the same wallpaper i think there's so much excuse language shit that everyone adds to the world of shit in the digital <laughs> space <laughs> Yeah, shit, interesting. It's so wonderful. <laughs> I'm completely with you, Laura. Actually, I'm just going to just, you said, I don't want to talk about, but can you be a really brilliant leader without creativity? No, I, I don't believe so at all. Um, I actually think creativity is at the heart of, I mean, it's, it's, the, it's the, the most powerful human tool we have, right? It's the one thing that maybe robots won't take away from us at some point. Um, yeah, I do think it's it's the thing that moves us forward. It's the thing that helps us stand on the shoulders of giants and all of these kinds of things. So without creativity, there is no forward movement. There's no growth. And so I think as a business leader, you must have creativity at the center of what you do. Um, and I feel very lucky that having had you know such a long background in creativity, then coming to run a business, I was able to transfer a lot of those skills across. Hundred percent. Yeah, hundred um, percent. Okay, your story number two. Okay, story number two. So, story number two covers again sort of a bunch of the beautiful things that you sent, um, things like acceptance, things like collaboration. Um, so, when I was at university and art school, and I had entered the foray of you know sort of digital media, and actually, in fact, I was running my own business back then to to help put me through university doing websites and what have you I lived in what I would say somewhere that that has made the most profound difference on me in terms of the way that I work my style of working Um, my hatred of hierarchy my delight in collaborative thinking and bringing people in closely and bringing people into the journey and that was that I lived in a warehouse called Imperial Slacks there were 12 or so of us. It was quite loose. We had, you know, sort of partners or not, or, you know, people moving in and out of the space. But the the setup was that we all had our bedrooms around the outside and we actually ran a commercial gallery in the centre. So actually to get to, from our bathroom and kitchen to our bedrooms, you had to walk through the gallery, <laughs> which was great when it was open and you had your towel on and you'd had a heavy night the night before. And what was beautiful was it was a proper art collective and it really became you know people say the family you choose rather than the family you're born with or as well as the family you're born with and I think they were really for I think for all of us the family that we chose it was incredibly experimental it was incredibly I guess you know there was incredibly challenging work in there it was a very powerful queer space in the 90s um, when that really wasn't a conversation but we lived together ate together worked together made art together 
we worked really, really hard. We used to have something called Art Jail, which was, you know, if we were doing a group exhibition, it was the 48 hours before the exhibition opened was basically us just up, <laughs> focusing on the work. It was really explorative as well. What it taught me is that people are everything, everything. You know, when you're building something and when you're making something and you are as strong as everyone combined. You know, I've always taken this forward into everything that I do. And that idea that if you create the right environment for brilliance, for growth, for in my case, you know, at at Grey, for great creative work to happen, it's much more powerful to embolden everyone to work together to make it happen than for you top down to tell everyone what they should be doing. And it was just, you know, we're, we're still brilliant friends. A lot of people have gone on to be incredibly, you know, successful and, and in art as well, which is, you know, really difficult space. But, you know, just that that feeling of being a safe space to experiment, to fail, to explore, that everyone had each other's backs was really great. And also to have your customer wandering in to yeah. who you are. Yeah. And, you know, obviously, because of uh, back in about the same time, I was part of a, a crew called DNTT, which actually stood for Do Not Trust Them, but we never told people. <laughs> um, and, you know, again, same thing. You'd have for like maybe 30, 40 people come together, uh, build this huge show, present the huge show. But every night we'd be listening to what people were saying to us because it was completely distributed and collaborative. Yeah. Next night it would be better. Yeah. So it's a way of continuously improving, it, 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 it's just, again, it's common sense for me. Yeah, absolutely. And look, I, you know, I, I'm a huge believer in, and I know you are too, all of these brilliant things like putting design thinking at the heart of actually your business transformation process. Yes. But doing that for real, like living and breathing, this spirit of non-hierarchical collaboration and building on what you've done previously and open feedback it can really transform a business, right? We um, at Gray actually worked with a with a change consultant who's another old uh, like digital person who you might n- know actually, Eva Applebaum. Of course, yeah, yeah, exactly. Worked with Eva, um, and she built something which we you know called a change engine, which we now called Hat Gray. But it's, it's basically a eight week system where the staff can all suggest things that need improvement within the agency, and it's not a you know, an anonymous box that goes to the exec. It's actually, if you suggest something, we'll kind of select three or four things every three months or so. That goes through this eight-week process. People self-identify what projects they want to get involved in. They spit out a prototype at the end. And first of all, it means I don't have to do all the work (laughs) as the president because the entire agency is working to make us better. But they identify stuff that I wouldn't be able to identify otherwise as well. So, you know, we've got new products and services. We've got different ways of working. Like There's been a load of transformation that's happened in the agency that's come from the staff. And, and this way of working that I learned when I was at uni. Yeah. And, of course, that's what Beep is. So Eva, Eva is part of my crew with Beep. And Beep is all about that. It's like give people a hundred percent. You quieten people down, you shut them down, you make them scared. All of that beautiful knowledge about what could be improved is lost. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Plus which, when you have design thinking workshops, back to your point about your story, you build bonds with the people in that creative process. So it's a double whammy. You're figuring out how to fix things. 
empowering them to fix them and making sure they actually start to trust each other because that happens in the creative process yeah yeah and I think it's it's something that we don't lean on enough like the the answer is there in your people and in in their different experiences which is why I'm also enormously passionate about um you know diversity and inclusion because the, the more different those voices are the more likely it is you're going to spot things that really need fixing and have a point of view that is you know challenging and different enough to your own to be able to kind of bounce off and you know for me I always find it, it often when we run our dens which are these design thinking workshops mm-hmm. somebody will be invited who what their first comment is I'm not sure why you've invited me I'm not really a creative or yeah. Yeah, I can do innovation. I'll be like, do you know what? By the end of this workshop, I promise you, you will know that you are an innovator and a creative. Absolutely. And I think those people such as yourself that, you know, sort of know how to create that safe space that everyone can open up are, are really, really important. We, you know, we did a project for a pitch recently and actually our CFO came on board and did the workshops and he had some brilliant ideas. And of course he did because he's a brilliant human being but I think you know it's it's making sure that everyone feels comfortable about being able to participate yes and I think that's a mistake that many people make and it's funny when you see the title digital transformation it's always about the tech yes I know (laughs) not about the tech the tech is there to do a thing so when you start the transformation (laughs) And when you transform, you're never going to be the thing again. And you can't just do that by putting in a platform. Anyway, thank you for that story. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you there. <laughs> story number three. Okay, story number three is actually about a piece of work. Um, because, again, I learned a lot out of this particular piece of work in terms of, in terms of leadership and in terms of, you know, leading humans, as you say. So I think... Um, it was a piece of work I did, I want to say maybe 12, 14 years ago now for Macmillan called Infinite. And I'll tell you the story of how it came about. So Macmillan approached me. I was working in a very big agency, you know, like 800 person agency, something, something like that. Very kind of tech centric. They gave us a very small brief. It was about, I mean, it was a long time ago, but, you know, about a 10K brief or something to create an online um, letter builder where you could build a letter to your local MP to encourage them to talk about fuel poverty for cancer patients um, and try to get the law changed so that they were adequately catered for. And this is where design thinking and, and listening to the audience really makes a lot of sense through all the research that we did and the people that we spoke to we found that MPs very often take those pro forma letters and they don't do anything with them right so we thought with this very small budget um, could we do something that would really really make a difference I mean we went okay how are we going to get people to really create a groundswell around this issue first of all It is about bringing people emotionally on the story with you. It is about, to your point, it is about storytelling. It is about empathy. It's about letting people or giving people an opportunity to participate in the idea as well. So so we came came up with this amazing idea, and myself and and the team, 
um, an amazing team. And we went, okay, what we want to create is we want to create a robot from a robotic knitting machine. That robotic knitting machine will take people's tweets um, around a really beautiful subject, which is what keeps you warm. And we've got incredibly powerful stories from cancer patients and family and friends of people who had maybe passed away and what have you. So these really amazing emotional stories. And that was the way of signing a petition to take to Parliament. Um, and then it would knit it out on this uh, on this scarf. And we thought we could make this that beautiful scarf and try to make the world's longest scarf. So I love that. Re- it was really beautiful. I mean, then, we, <laughs> then we realized we didn't have enough money. You know, every single little thing, obstacle turned into an opportunity for a creative challenge. So this is when I was saying be, you know, be comfortable being uncomfortable, you know, be comfortable going off brief and leaning into what feels right because you have the power of the audience, you know, behind you to to validate what you're doing because you're using proper principles, like proper agile methodology to see where the piece is going to get to, to make sure that it gets to the right place and, and what have you. But also, you know, I think any of us working in digital space and innovation back in the day, we were always so comfortable selling in ideas which we thought would work, but we didn't quite know what they were going to look like or how we were going to get there because, you know, you go, okay, where am I today? Whatever I achieved today, does it still look like I'm going to be on target? Yes, no, you know, and there's always an opportunity to go back to plan B and just do that really boring pro forma letter uh, if, if needs be. Um, but we sort of, you know, worked through this. There were really interesting creative challenges like we realised the, well, first of all, we couldn't afford moderation, so we had to transfer form all of the tweets into a pattern <laughs> so so that Macmillan felt safe. Uh, that was challenge number one. Challenge number two, you actually needed a torsioning device as the scarf came out. And then one of our creative techs, Ray, was in the bathroom using one of those hand sensor, hand dryer things, waving his hand in front of it and went, oh, actually, this could be a really good thing. So he like pulled it off the wall <laughs> and pulled it apart. We built this whole thing in the basement um, because it wasn't designed to be this way. It was constantly breaking down. And so we developed then a whole system around how we would uh, maintain it in the right way, which was we had sheet masks around the side of the the infinite machine and the sheet would go and fix the knitting machine uh, whenever it was broken. And we were all, you know, connected 24 seven on our phone. So if the machine went down, we would all get an alert and someone would have to go in. And that caused a whole kind of social conversation in and around itself. It was like hashtag sheet watch or something, people looking up, people fixing the machine, sheep fixing the machine. So I guess what I'm saying is the more comfortable you are, in the process and the process is going to give you something. And the fact that things are going to constantly change and those changes are opportunities to do other things, like the better in life, in business, in creative projects, thinking, you know, setting out an immutable goal at the end and trying to kind of hit it is a a recipe for failure in my book. But there are all of these tools to make it really comfortable, to be really brave. Exactly, exactly. And I think I think when we first started out, there wasn't really anything. So it was like you imagine a thing yeah. and you come to your techies and they go, I don't think you can do it. And you go, I want another answer. Yeah. And they go, I don't think I can do it. And you go, no, let's think this through. And of course they can do it. There's always a way if you want something to happen, there's a way of creating it. But I think 
There's something that Amy Edmondson said in her episode, which was the one constant that we always know is that something's going to go wrong. Uh huh. The clever thing is to go, okay, let's start there. Let's just yeah. let's be so open and collaborative that we'll go, we know something's not going to work, so let's just rise it up and figure out a way around it. Yeah, absolutely, and that, the end result is so magical, you know, with, with infinite... Uh, that you know the scarf ended up being longer than Big Ben it got delivered to number 10 a piece of it got taken by I think it might have been Prince Harry to the North Pole and the law got changed which is what we wanted in the first place and would never have happened with that you know slightly dull but very important brief that they gave us you know in in the first place so you know, big up for big up for the clients there. But it was about, you know, as I said, where are we today? Where do we need to get to? What do we need to achieve by tomorrow? Do we need to go back to plan B? Can we move forwards? And just managing it like that got us to a fantastic place. And there's something so magical, and I still don't think people are brave enough to use this, is this idea of connecting the community with physical without mm. feeling like you have to be an intermediary. There's something so beautiful about them. Yeah. yeah. Just trust people. If you're trying to do something that's amazing, the chances are you'll be fine so long as you're telling the right story behind yeah, it. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think, you know, so often we reduce, when we're, when we're talking to people, when we're telling stories about businesses, we talk to people like they're idiots or robots or... <laughs> you know, can neatly fit into these kinds of boxes and it's all lowest common denominator. I think everyone loves a story. Everyone loves that feeling of being somehow part of that story creatively or or they can see a role that they play and just to, to make space for people to be able to take things and create their own stuff and with, with it and give them the intelligence to, to do that and not just tell them what to do or kind of not just say but invite I guess (laughs) it's it's the Ikea effect if you feel that you've been an active part in making something whether that be a work whether that be a policy whether that be it doesn't matter if you feel that you are part of the making of that thing you're going to make that thing work because it's yours yeah and yet most people operate in this way where obviously you can't ever do that if you if you ask people what they think, they're going to tell you things you don't you don't want to hear. Yeah, yeah, but you know that's all the great experimentation, all the serum, you know, massive believer in serendipity, and I mean creativity is just two things that have never connected before, bashing together and making something new, and you need to create the opportunity for those things to happen. And I think if you're too rigid about anything, you're not opening yourself up to. The, the opportunities in front of you absolutely and that also that's where the diversity of thinking comes in because if you have creatives talking to creatives you're going to end up with one thing if you have creatives talking to engineers talking to business people talking to you know and all of those come from different kinds of cultures yes and you end up with something that really works yeah. and that creative tension and again going back to the, the warehouse and dntt mm. we all felt safe to say what we felt but it didn't always feel good there were some really yeah. crunchy moments. And that's yeah. fine. That is fine. You know, it's part of, again, it's part of life. It's part of business. If you're not having some kinds of crunchy conversations here and there, sometimes I would suggest that you are really limiting the growth of the company. 
Completely, completely yeah. right. This has been absolutely extraordinary. And I think that you wanted to say a little something about a little project that you're running before yeah, we... absolutely. Thanks. So uh, I, meant, I mentioned ICO earlier on, but it is something that we've just launched. We're you know, currently actually looking for businesses to get on board. We connect uh, managers in business, but, you know, middle managers, people that need leadership, a little bit of leadership training, people who want to learn how to work with people potentially from different cultures or backgrounds to amazing young people through psychometric profiling. And the reason that we do it that way and not X wants to become an engineer, so I'm going to connect them with an engineer, is a lot of young people coming straight out of school don't really know what they want to, in inverted commas, be when they grow up, particularly if they've come from a disadvantaged background and they really have had limitations put on their ambition. So, you know, they might have been told, oh, you're going to be a shop assistant, that for reals, by the careers advisor. And I think it's trying to break those barriers and give these very disparate communities or individuals a really common thing that they can talk around. So it's like we've been put together because you're a little bit like me in some way. It works an absolute treat. I think, you know, the people that I've mentored have been phenomenal and like ridiculously like me in ways I didn't expect, which has been, so it's been a really positive experience. We've actually just, uh, we've just launched. So um, that's what I wanted to talk about. And if there's anyone in business who would like to connect, it's also uh, very cost effective. (laughs) (laughs) I I just think what you're doing, it's so important. If those young people don't have, the ambition and the aspiration and the chance to meet people who might stretch their minds. That's oh, I know. I know. So that's weareoco.com. <laughs> it again, I'll put it in the links. Thank you. We are oco, oco, O-K-O dot com. I love it. Okay, Laura, this has been absolutely fantastic as I knew it would be. Thank you so much for your time and energy and stories. Oh, thanks, cats. Laura, Laura, Laura. Do you know what, guys? I love doing these interviews. I learn so much about people, but also about myself. And I loved listening to your stories. There's so much richness. It's such a tapestry of textural experiences. And, and I love the fact that you chose stories that were so brave, so courageous, so authentic. What did I take away? What are my key takeaways? Without creativity, there is no movement. There is no growth. Love that. I'm going to steal it, Laura. Sorry. And I loved hearing about her time at the Arts Collective. That unstoppable power of democratisation and collaboration and co-creation and... And the community that happens when you bring people around a thing you're all doing together. And I, you know, strangely, I haven't even thought or definitely not spoken about my time as a young'un in an arts collective for years. But she's exactly right, you know, she, that experience of collaboratively working and living and creating behind a vision is absolutely pivotal to the way that I approach business and I approach leadership. Because at the end of the day, business is 
at its most basic, it's a collaborative, creative experience. It doesn't matter how big your company is. It's only as strong as the collective, collaborative force of every single person inside your organization. And thinking about it, you know, this power of blurring the walls, of inviting your customer into your space, into your product, knowing who they are and listening to what they think and improving according to what you've learned. It's so pertinent, so pertinent to the challenges we're all going through right now. And it's the difference between excellence and a bit rubbish. I'm, you know, I'm so delighted to hear that, the, that what I call the beep way is making such a massive and profound transformational difference at Gray. So yeah, this idea of surfacing shared challenges and empowering employees with a framework so that they can find their own fixes. It really is common sense. Having said that, I guess it's easy to know, uh, but it's not so easy to implement. So, but my God, is it powerful. And uh, the digital transformation piece, you know, people-powered continuous improvement is the real way to transformation, guys. The tech is just an enabler. Tech is never a solution. You've probably heard me say that before. Digital transformation, dear people, is not about tech. It's about mindsets. It's about behaviors. It's about embedding those collaborative, change-making, creative behaviors as usual. And I guess one of the things that's kind of stuck with me is creativity, which we've already said creativity is the, it's the core of business. And every single interview I've done with every senior leader, the most successful understand that completely. They know that it's a creative process. But creativity has ambiguity. It has uncertainty. It's very core. So it's so important to get comfortable with doing the uncomfortable. And you've, it, it, because the truth of the situation, if you've got a clear vision, if you've got a strong story, if your crew can see your vision and your story, you'll always find a way of getting there. But never underestimate the complexity of humans. And never underestimate the power of stories to empower. And I guess, the last thing, and it's something that I spend a lot of time talking to my, my clients about and our partners about, don't be avoiding the difficult conversations. Psychological safety is not about people, everyone being totally happy together, la, 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 la. Creative tension is a good thing. Great things come out of creative tension. Laura, you are such, such an inspiration. And I'm going to spend the rest of the day thinking about the stories that you've told and what it's provoked in me. You have been listening to humans leading humans towards a future of work that works for people. This podcast is brought to you in partnership with the Marketing Society. If you are a senior marketing leader and you need the know-how and the networks to succeed and you're not already a member of that brilliant tribe, jump over to their website and become part of the tribe. I would absolutely 100% recommend it. There's some amazing people and some inspiration in there that you don't want to be missing. Thank you.
to the fantastic Superterrania for the magical sting of stings. Go to We Are Beep to find out more about the Create framework and how we support companies by building cultures of connection and collaboration and unleashing the problem-solving potential of humans. If you loved this episode, and I certainly did, please pass it on to your friends, share it on social, give it to your friends that you think might need a shot of inspiration or motivation or energization. Thank you so much for joining me. If there's a senior leader you'd like me to interview, don't forget, mail me, cats at wearebeep.com. Please subscribe. The links are in the note. Be inspired. Be imaginal. Be more human. And I look forward to seeing you for the next episode.